May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. Imagine you are in the desert, in the wilderness, with a few hundred thousand of your closest family and friends, and you get to spend most of your day not hunting or growing crops because you're not worried about what you have to eat every day. Because food from heaven comes down each morning and settles upon the ground like dew. You've worked on some housing and some shelter, but otherwise, if you want to spend the day dancing and playing the harp and lute and singing songs, you can, because God has taken care of your needs. Then you start to cry. We don't like this food. We're going to die. That's what was going on with the people of Israel in our story from Numbers today. We don't like this food, which God gives us every day. We're going to die. I think of children on a long car ride, kind of hungry, pretty bored, rather uncomfortable, They probably don't think that they're actually going to die of hunger, boredom, thirst, etc. If they were to think long and hard enough about how they are really doing. They might even admit that really they're just uncomfortable. Listening to the anguished cries of those moderately hungry, bored, and uncomfortable children, however, it sounds as though they are indeed in the last throes of starvation and death. To be fair, I've heard plenty of similar anguished cries from adults of, this is terrible, we're going to die, when really they were just uncomfortable or not overly happy with how things were going. So how did the people of Israel... And how do we go from the point of being uncomfortable and bored to we don't like this food, we're going to die? Well, it has to do with the way our brains work. There's the thinking part, the frontal part of our brain, which realizes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really not about to die. I just need a snack. I'm okay. There's also the lower part of our brain, which I call the lizard brain, which has your basic fight-or-flight function. Lizard brain sees a threat, or a perceived threat, and it starts getting a little more anxious and a little more agitated. Lizard brain doesn't know that the hunger we feel isn't actually life-threatening. Lizard brain just knows hunger bad. And as we go... If lizard brain starts to get really scared, it initiates lockdown. Fight or flight response happens to the real or perceived threat. The thinking part of our brain is actually shut down, and we begin acting and even making decisions based on this lowest lizard part of our brain, which simply says, there's a threat, exterminate or run. We see this all the time with road rage, with people screaming at a cashier, with family members shouting at each other, 
When people say something mean in the heat of an argument that they instantly regret and don't really mean, or when they're in an argument and start making stupid arguments that they later realize they don't even believe, that's when lizard brain has taken over. That's the condition of our brains. We don't really like being uncomfortable. We're not overly fond of anxiety, and we absolutely abhor uncertainty. Our brains want resolutions quickly to problems. Our brains want to collect information and get it tucked away properly in its place so our world makes sense and we feel safe. And then when situations or things register in in our brains as uncomfortable or possibly threatening, lizard brain starts to raise its little lizard head. So for the children uncomfortable in the car on the long drive... The lack of comfort brings lizard brain to the fore. The fight or flight response kicks in and you get the anguished cries that although we have just had a snack, we are yet starving to death. So we have the situation in Numbers in which the people of Israel were railing against God for bringing them out of Egypt just to die of starvation in the wilderness. They were in the desert, they were nomadic, and they were really tired of eating the miserable food that God was giving them every day. Forget the fact that the food was described as wonderful and tasting fantastic. They were dying of hunger because they were tired of the food. Israel was not really afraid of dying, even though they claimed they were. Israel was on a long car ride, uncomfortable, anxious, and full of uncertainty about the future. Three things which lizard brain really hates. And as a response to their cries, God sent serpents among them. That seems a bit much as a response to complaining. And certainly not something I would recommend to parents on a car ride with your kids. So other than God being angry and wanting to hurt people who had slandered him with lies about his mistreatment of them, and those people being near the point of death, what might actually be going on with this serpent attack? Well, I had this idea that what if the serpents were a little less literally poisoning and killing people and a little more poisoning the people as the serpent did in the Garden of Eden. With that idea in mind, I checked with my favorite rabbi, one of the coolest people I know, Annie Belford, and she pointed me to a commentary by 11th century rabbi Rashi, who wrote about this passage from Numbers. God said, as it were, Let the serpent which was punished for slanderous statements come and exact punishment from those who utter slander. Let the serpent to which all kinds of food has one taste, that of dust of the earth, come and exact punishment from these ingrates to whom the thing, manna, has the taste of many different dainties. Like the serpent in Eden, The people of Israel in the wilderness were telling slanderous lies against God. That the food was terrible 
when it tasted wonderful. That God was killing them, making them starve to death. When in fact, God had cared for them and sheltered them and kept them safe and well fed. But lizard brain was taking over. And so the people made their anguished cry of, we're going to die. Then whether God sent serpents which actually killed them or with literal venom, or if the serpents were killing them with more deceit and lies, as did the serpent in Eden, God had Moses set up a bronze serpent for the people who were bitten to look upon and be healed. Now, this bronze serpent was not like Medusa in reverse. It wasn't magic. It wasn't, though, as if it happened to cross into someone's line of sight, suddenly they were all better. It wasn't an idol or a god to bring healing. The bronze serpent worked as people looked upon it and realized, that's what I've become. I've become as the father of lies, trusting my own anxiety, trusting lizard brain, rather than trusting God who has freed us and kept us safe. They would look upon the bronze serpent with true repentance, let lizard brain quiet down for a few moments, and then the serpent would kill the lizard. That's a big part of religion. And our religious practices to help us silent lizard brain and return to trust in God with peace in our hearts. See, when we're fully freaked out thinking we don't like this food, we're going to die, and lizard brain is in control, our thoughts and our beliefs aren't usually enough to bring us back to trust in God. Because the thinking parts of our brains have shut down when lizard brain is in control. So we need more than thoughts, more than belief when lizard brain takes over. We need actions. We need habits. We need a bronze serpent, so to speak, to kill the lizard. Thus we have habits and practices of prayer and meditation, of reading scripture, of silence, of breathing, of daily turning our lives and our wills over to God and daily taking stock to see how we did and where we might need correction or reconciliation. That's the idea of Lent. That's the idea of practicing daily habits in our religion, learning over and over to trust in God, and then, when lizard brain does take over, to use our well-established practices as a bronze serpent to kill the lizard. So parents, on this spring break or any future car ride, when your children make slanderous claims of how wicked you are for bringing about their imminent death after a few hours in the car with snacks and water ready at hand, I suggest again not releasing a box of serpents on your kids. Rather, I suggest instilling in them or suggesting to them over time Habits of religious practice to help them return to God and trust and peace so that they will have some bronze serpents with them on those long car rides. For adults who also have times of lizard brain hijack, I recommend the same thing. 
develop habits over time of religious practice, habits of prayer, of meditation, of breathing, of walking, of reading scripture, of creating, of noticing beauty. Develop these habits so that they can serve as bronze serpents to kill the lizard when it rears its little lizard head. And then return to God with trust 